Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello and welcome back to Not Overthinking. Tamor, how are you doing today? How am I doing today? I think I'm doing all right. I haven't had enough sleep for a few nights in the past week. Um, but I think despite that, I'm, I think I'm doing pretty well. How are you? That's good to hear. I'm doing pretty well as well. Um, I recently, I think I mentioned this last week, I uh, started Julian.com's uh, workout plan. Mm. And I've been reading a lot about nutrition and healthy eating and how to build muscle and stuff. And so I started tracking my calories on MyFitnessPal a few days ago. Which oh, is, the, the day I mentioned that I was going to do that, you mean? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I started doing it independently. Right. Okay, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I started doing it. Anyway, I started independently counting my calories on my fitness pal. And according to Julian, uh, you guys should check out his, his blog on julian.com. According to Julian, on days when you go to the gym, you should eat more. And on days where you don't go to the gym, you should eat less. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, completely revolutionary. <laughs> He's giving this out for free. <laughs> my God, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually a sick guide. Don't take the piss. No, no, it sounds but, good. Uh, so I went to gym yesterday morning before work. And so yesterday I ate a calorific surplus. And then today, I haven't admittedly tracked it. But, you know, after we record this podcast, I'm going to track all my calories for the day and hopefully I'll be at a calorific deficit. So this is very exciting. I'm, I'm excited for this new chapter in my life. That sounds great. I've, I've been quite curious about calorie tracking for a while. I actually haven't started it, but I, the reason I think I haven't is because A, it seems like it'll be a lot of effort to do the data entry for like tracking the things. And then B, I think like a lot of the things I eat are pretty non-standard. Like, you know, the, whatever calorie tracking app is not going to have freaking alu gush or whatever, like, <laughs> you know, curry that maybe your nani's made on, so yeah, whatever evening of the week. Like how how are you going to track all of that kind of stuff so for that kind of stuff it doesn't have to be exact and but it but it can do it you can say like three potatoes and it'll know how many calories are in on average three potatoes you can say kind of roughly estimate how much chicken or whatever you had so you can do that and it also um it's got built into it stuff like mcdonald's meals and huel and soylent and all that kind of stuff oh, okay so like yesterday i had a huel for breakfast soylent as a snack and mcdonald's for dinner <laughs> so <laughs> it, it knew exactly what i was eating living the dream exactly um but yeah otherwise life's been pretty solid i've got nights coming up on psychiatry so we'll see we'll see how that goes all right i think we better start the podcast i think we should what, what are we talking about this week right so as you know it was the apple event last week yes it was uh, and the new iphone 11 and iphone 11 pros and so apple watch series 5 and all this fancy stuff was announced yeah and i need to make a video because i'm picking up my iphone 11 and iphone 11 pro tomorrow uh, hashtag flex uh, from the apple store uh, with the intention of returning one of them obviously within the 14 day return period after reviewing it okay but i need to make this review and one thing that I've been thinking about a lot is what makes people buy new tech? What makes people crave the phone upgrade mm. hype? And I've got a few thoughts on this, but I wonder if you have any preliminary preliminary thoughts. Why do you think people upgrade their phones? I think my attitude towards this stuff has changed drastically. I remember growing up you know, as a teenager and stuff, like gadgets and new tech things were like my favorite thing. I think it was the same for you, where like... I'd, I'd like spend time like researching computer parts to like build my perfect computer and like, you know, l- looking up the specs of like all the phones or whatever, whatever like tech thing I you know, was interested in buying. I'd like research all the specs and, and I used to enjoy the whole process and like getting a shiny new gadget used to be really fun. 
Um, but I think nowadays I, I'm not like, I'm not that into it. I just want my stuff to work. I want to never have to replace it or never really even have to think about it. Um, so I think there is, I think there's definitely something to explore with regards to sort of why kids in general like this kind of stuff. I, I don't know. Like, you know, I think growing up, you probably like the stuff more than you do now. Would you say that's true? I think so. Um, like if you weren't doing the YouTube thing, you would not, you would probably, maybe you'd buy a, an iPhone 11 Pro. You'd order it online or whatever to get it delivered. You wouldn't go to the shop to pick oh, it God, up. Oh, God, no. And I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have upgraded for a solid three or four years because there's just absolutely no need to. I think the switch is from viewing tech or tools in general as a means to an end versus as, as an end in themselves. How does Whoa. that sound? <laughs> Boy, I, I, I will genuinely need a second to think about what you might be saying here. So, uh, <laughs> so when we're young, we, we view tech as, or, you know, just stuff in general as an end in itself. We, you know, covet this shiny new iPhone, the new laptop. Oh my God, I've got a new laptop. I'm going to research all the specs, blah, 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 blah. And that feeling of excitement when it's coming and you're tracking the delivery and stuff, because when you get that item, the item is what's important. Yeah. yeah. Whereas nowadays, I suspect you and I have more of an attitude of tech as a means to an end, i.e. it's just a tool. Like gotcha. I want my iPhone to be able to take some decent photos and to be able to reply to messages efficiently yeah i want my laptop to be essentially my old laptop just faster at video editing yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not about the coveting of the technology itself yeah yeah yeah. i think that's I, yeah i think that's true I, th I think i buy that yeah and yeah i think my stance now is like every piece of tech is a crutch because in an ideal world you know i just have a thought and <laughs> some action would result from it whereas if i when i was a kid i think the tech itself like was that was was a nice part of the experience yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean you would have a thought and an action would result you know, from it. the reason I need this phone is because I can't store all, all my friends' contact details in my head and I can't just like have a, you know, think, mm, I, wa I want to like tell this person this thing right now, you know? Like the, the phone is like a necessary evil for me to accomplish my goals. Whereas I think when you're a kid, it's like, you don't really think of it that way. Uh, you just think, you think of it as like, use, using the phone is like uh, something pleasurable in itself. Yeah, like I remember when I, when we were in, when I, when I was in year seven and I saved up to buy a PDA. Mm. Oh my God, Back in the day. <laughs> this was... <laughs> This is incredible. Well, back in the day when PDAs were cool, prior to the existence of smartphones. PDA meaning personal... Digital assistant. Digital assistant. Wow, digital. And, uh, I, not and, it, and it had Windows Mobile on it, which was a thing back in the day. Yeah, um, Windows Mobile 7 or whatever. Yeah, and I, and I had the uh, Microsoft Outlook for Windows Mobile 7. So when I got a Gmail account for the first time, <laughs> I could connect my Gmail account up to Microsoft Outlook on Windows Mobile. And I found this uh, role-playing game, Heroes of Might and Magic or something on it, which was like, I would tap it with my little stylus and store the stylus. And I was so excited about this Dell Axim X51V that I had. God, you're cool. <laughs> yeah, really cool. Um, but that was all about coveting the tech. Like if someone had asked me, what do you actually want to do with that device? I, I think I think people did. People were like, why don't you just get a PSP? Like a normal kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, because... Um, I want to be more organized and <laughs> yeah, you actually said that. Do you remember? I, I remember having this conversation with like us Funko and stuff. They were like, they were like, oh, why don't you just get a PSP? Yeah. And I was like, Oh, because you know, I can't check my emails on a PSP. And I think someone was like, how many emails do you get a day? I was like, Oh, you know, like five or 10. So like, yeah. Right. <laughs> I my essay to my teacher. <laughs> yeah. My newsletter from like, Oh, what was the website? Like bravenet.com. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Random yeah, yeah. webdesigninspiration.com. Yeah. Anyway, um, coming back to the topic at hand. So when I make these review videos, I kind of like to, to take what I perceive to be an intellectual highbrow view of technology and kind of thinking about it a little bit more deeply than um, what I perceive to, to be the standard tech, tech YouTuber approach to it, which is, hey guys, I'm going to list the specs. I'm going to list the difference between last year's model of the iPhone XS. And I'm going to show you a side-by-side -side comparison with the Note Plus and the Pixel 4 and the iPhone.
iPhone 11 yeah. Pro and yeah. all of that stuff. Stuff that I really don't think many people care about unless you covet the technology as an end in itself. And so one thought that I have I had in the car the other day was basically I've got this grand unified model for upgrading tech. Okay. And I think there's three C's. The three C's, here we go. The three C's of upgrading tech. So this comes from the idea that I think essentially there are three valid reasons to use tech to accomplish something. Number one is as a consumption device. So that's the first C, C for consume. Yeah. So, you know, web browsing and watching Netflix and listening to music and stuff. Yep. Number two is as a creation device. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like video editing or like taking photos counts as creation. You're creating something or another. Yep. And number three as a connection device. Oh. So FaceTime or WhatsApp or iMessage or, you know, Instagram DM, all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the three C's consume create and connect yeah and i think if a piece of tech can make make doing any of those three things more better right then it is potentially worth upgrading for however i suspect that most people who are thinking they want to upgrade from the iphone 10 to the iphone 11 are not thinking about how it's going to make a measurable difference in terms of consumption creation or connection they're thinking more along the lines of status seeking or signaling of some sort which is kind of your favorite topic very that sounds like a very sorry i have a i have a biscuit in my mouth it also sounds like a very hey check me out i'm cool these people are bad for (laughs) yeah it sounds like a very uncharitable view of your fellow human beings ollie if i'm being quite honest with you oh yeah so why do you think people people want to upgrade from iphone 10 to iphone 11 because Um, i did legitimately get questions on my instagram story when i went to put this out being like you know can you tell if it's worth can you tell us if it's worth upgrading from the iphone 10s to the iphone 11 yeah and it seems to me like that the the answer to that question is obviously no it is never worth it to do a single jump up iphone upgrade because you're paying like a thousand dollars or like seven hundred dollars for what is going to be a very very minor it's interesting you say that because when, when you when you said the question and you said you know it seems really obvious to me that i thought you were about to say that it completely depends on the person, right? Like if I am a, you know, if I'm like super into photography on my phone, having like this three lens camera, that's a that's a big deal, okay. you know? Okay, fair enough. I'm, I mean, f- for average Joe, for, for the standard person, as opposed to for the pro who takes photos for a living and makes a living out of it and therefore needs the best camera. I mean, obviously for that edge case scenario, it makes sense to upgrade the phone. Yeah. Look, but, but those people are not the, the sorts of people looking at a YouTube video and asking if it's worth it. Uh, yeah, I guess not. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, look, I, th- I think I was just being a bit facetious earlier. I think there is definitely something to the signaling thing. And I, I would actually argue that when you bought that P PD- PDA, because mm. um, you weren't getting any PDA. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> uh, when you bought that, when you bought that PDA at age, <laughs> okay, that's I'll, good. I'll give, you, I'll give you a moment. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> how long have you been storing that up? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty obvious, I think. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's part of the moment thing, anyway. Um, yeah, when you bought that, I think a large part of that was like a signaling thing. Because I, I think when you were like 12 or whatever, you kind of, you know, you would have watched shows like Dexter's Laboratory and uh, wanted to identify with Dexter and things like that. You know, you want to be like this cool, smart gadget tech guy. <laughs> and okay, like, you know, you, you having a PDA is like sort of helping you cement that identity of like, oh, I'm the, I'm the cool, smart gadget tech guy or whatever. Um, and I think it was, probably signaling just to yourself so that you can feel like cool in this way i'm the cool gadget tech guy i don't know how many people at school you showed off your pda to <laughs> I, I, I don't think i took it to school i think right. i might have done like a, on like a day or two and showed it to like sahel and sahib and stuff and they were like oh you're cool mate yeah yeah so like, i think it was more about like cementing this kind of identity thing for you and so i i think on the on the sort of signaling side of buying like the new iphone and things i think a big part of it is like an identity thing of like you know i i am i see myself as the kind of person who is up to date with current trends blah 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 and like you know at the cutting edge and so i will buy this phone and and you know it kind of helps cement this this identity thing for me and do you think that is a i mean 
if we're in the advice giving industry, which is we sort of, which which I sort of am as a, for example, a tech YouTuber who's giving an opinion on is the iPhone 11 worth it? Do you think that's a valid, a quote, like a valid in inverted commas in air quotes way of looking at it? I think a, f- a few years ago, I would have said, hell no. I'm actually, I actually think, I do think it's fine now. <laughs> I don't know, because the thing is, right? <laughs> We, look, we all do this stuff to some extent in some part of our life. You know, you and I might not do it for like tech gadgets anymore. You definitely do it for like travel luggage. And don't try and argue you don't, all right? You definitely, <laughs> you know, we, we've talked about this before. You, you're, still, you're still playing singling games just in a slightly different category that lets you feel better than people who are playing singling games in more mainstream categories like iPhones, right? You're playing singling games with the freaking 50 pound t-shirt, or gray t-shirts that you have multiple of. And and, you know, they're not 50 pounds, they're like 30 pounds. <laughs> expensive travel luggage and all of this yeah. kind of stuff. All right. Do you agree you're doing the same stuff? Mm. Am I playing a signaling game? I don't think I'm playing a signaling game with my gray t shirts because I could care less how much they cost. They have no logo on them. Like, no one can tell how much a single gray t shirt costs. Okay, this, could, fine. this could well be a five pound gray t shirt or a 50 pound gray. Like, right. it doesn't actually matter. Yeah, fine. I, I agree. That was a bad example. But I agree there is some element of signaling games that, go, that, that goes on with anything that is attached to our outward appearance. For example, clothes or that recent bag that you bought that you felt had yeah. to have a certain designer chic yeah, look yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. I agree that there is some level of signaling in that. And I, I, I suppose it's sort of similar to iPhone signaling because you take your iPhone out and people see that you've got, oh, midnight green. Oh, you must have the latest one. Yeah. I, the thing is, a couple of years ago, I would have I would have said this was like a deplorable thing to sort of participate in this kind of stuff and sort of, uh, you know, not discourage yourself from participating in these kinds of things. Um, but I, th- I think it's fine. You know, just like literally was it yesterday or two days ago, one of my friends messaged me saying that like she really, she, uh, she? yep, here we go. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Classic. that she like really wanted to buy some airpods or something because she sees like everyone else wearing airpods and she has some like wired headphones wired sort of earphones or whatever right yeah um so trying to do the airpod flex basically and i hope you referred it to my youtube videos where i talk about how airpods changed my life uh i i I didn't actually okay i think i think you should immediately after Uh, this podcast i'll I'll do that straight away thank you um look she wanted to do the airpod flex and i think it's fine i think it's i think it's fine (laughs) like the thing is, it does feel good. It does feel nice to sort of uh, have some category of things in which you sort of indulge yourself and you let yourself flex a little bit and try and, you know, cement some part of your identity in, in your like outward appearance or whatever. You know, it's, I think tribal membership is is important. And if you're not doing it in this way, I guarantee you're doing it in other ways. Okay, interesting. So All right, the- well, just so you, I presume you're still of the opinion that this is really bad and you're going to make a video tomorrow saying like, hey guys, don't buy, uh, hey guys, my, this is my philosophy take on uh, the new iPhone uh, don't don't buy it because you know at the end of the day it's all about the three C's blah 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 you're going to say this and you're going to try and convince people not to buy it just for the sake of it but why is that the, why is it so bad to buy it for the sake of it okay so this comes down to what is the meaning of life bloody hell mate alright <laughs> <laughs> right, I won't buy I won't buy the iPhone fine <laughs> stop talking <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Okay, so if we are optimizing for happiness and meaning, which, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And if we accept the premise that um, sort of one, often in in most people's lives, one of the impediments to happiness and meaning is the amount of money that they have. Yeah. Most people would probably not agree with the, with the statement, I have enough money, I'm comfortable. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I don't know about most people, but sure, yeah. Fine. I mean, objectively, most people in the world do not think oh, they have enough. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so when we're spending, for example, 700 pounds or 1,000 pounds or 1,200 pounds on a new iPhone, that quote we don't need that is 700 pounds or a thousand pounds or 1200 pounds that we could then spend towards something else which would make us 
us happier in inverted commas. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. And therefore, as in someone in the advice giving industry, he'd be like, hey guys, this is my philosophical take on the iPhone. What I really want to say is that if you are, I want to give people like an algorithm that, you know, let's say you have an iPhone 3 or something like that and it's really causing you a lot of pain, then sure, upgrading to the iPhone 11 is suddenly going to remove that pain from your life and that is probably going to make you happier because you're not dealing with this annoying interaction with your phone every day. Yeah. If you're upgrading from the iPhone 10 to the iPhone 11, you really won't notice the difference. At that point, it, I think there is a moral responsibility on people like me to be like, look guys, you really don't need this iPhone upgrade. If you want to buy it for the signaling, then sure, but recognize you're doing that. Here are some things you could do instead with that money. You could buy a Kindle and a hundred books, which would make, yeah, yeah, yeah. improve your life. You could buy 10 years worth of Audible subscription, not sponsored, which would improve your life. <laughs> you could buy a digital camera, which would let you take really good photos of your friends and family and kids, mm. which is the sort of thing that's just miles better than any iPhone photo, yeah, which yeah, will improve yeah. your life. Yeah. I think that's a very reasonable okay, way. No, no, that, is, that is extremely <laughs> reasonable. I'm, I'm 100% with you, actually. I'm sorry for, uh, for taking the piss earlier. Thank you. Um, I think, yeah. I think the digital camera thing is interesting because, yeah, to be honest, I don't think I really see phones and stuff that way. Like, you know, when the thing was announced, like a small part of me was like, oh, I wonder if I should get that. And then I decided, no, I don't need it. Like, yeah, I, I'm, my, my phone is perfectly good. But if I, were, if I were in the market for it, I wouldn't think, hmm, should I get this or should I get this like nice uh, mirrorless camera so I can like have memories to look back on with my friends and stuff in, in a nicer way. I wouldn't like make that comparison because it feels like they're different categories of things. Um, whereas I think it is absolutely the right comparison comparison to make hmm. and so i wonder if that's i feel like i feel like there's something missing from this model though because so the model that i came up with in the car uh, was that okay so if you're upgrading on the grounds of these three c's consumption creation and connection and you will notice a, measure, a measurable difference then fair enough it's worth it, it is worth it <laughs> in inverted commas but if you're not doing it for any of those reasons, then really ask yourself why you really want it and want this new phone. Is it yeah. to do with status signaling? In which case, fair enough. Um, I quite like Ramit Sethi's approach to this. He's uh, He wrote, famously wrote a book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, which sounds really scammy, but it's a good book. He likes he refers to the concept of um, everyone having different money dials. Uh, and the idea of a, quote, rich life is where you dial up whichever money dials are relevant to you and you dial down the rest that you don't care about. Yeah, yeah. For example, some people care about fancy cars. And if they work really hard and get loads of money, then it's you know, who are we to poo-poo them for having a fancy car? Yeah. Other people care a lot about food or about convenience or about these other areas. Some some people are just going to care a lot about tech. And yeah. so to them, it's a great source of joy personally to have the fanciest tech product. Yeah. So I kind of like that idea, but I want I want to espouse the notion that it's better for us to be more uh, intentional <laughs> about ah. what uh, about what our money dials are and why we're buying these things. And I want people to appreciate that you never need to upgrade your iPhone unless your previous one is causing you physical pain. But then also, I th that kind of got me thinking: what are the other reasons why people buy stuff? Are there reasons other than the three C's? And I suspect there are because there's some some element of experience in there somewhere. So we've got a friend who's a lawyer who has, drives a fancy Mercedes and he says that the experience of driving his car brings him joy every time he does it. Okay, yeah. And that doesn't fit neat, neatly into my three C's model of consumption, creation, and um, what was the last one? Connection. So I wonder if there are other categories of stuff in which it's in which people have any legitimate use for new stuff, for new tech. Oh, I, I didn't realize you were trying to extend your three C's model outside of like new tech purchases. I thought it was just like a tech thing because yeah, I mean, it seems like for most things, uh, uh, you know, buying like clothes and shoes and what, whatever. Like it doesn't really come into either of those things. It's fourth C, comfort. Ah, <laughs> nice. Here we go. Here we go. That's, we got it. <laughs> okay. There are four Cs. <laughs> clothes and shoes come under the fourth C of comfort. If something is going to increase your comfort or the fifth C, convenience. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> then it might potentially be worth buying. But if it doesn't hit any of those five C's now, I have it. Where? Where? where okay, look. <laughs> I'd like you to. I'd like you to please guarantee me that if we go past five C's, <laughs> this is not going to be the framework you run with because that's too many C's, right? The framework has to be like a bit simpler than like here are ten categories of reasons why you want to buy something. <laughs> I think five C's is reasonable. If we're adding non, five is fine. But five. let's not go to six. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, I think the difference between like uh, you know creation, consumption, uh, connection of like uh, that you might sort of uh, look for in a tech product versus I want to buy my fancy Merc to drive around or I want to go out for like a really nice meal or whatever is that the tech is still yeah the, the three C's as you said earlier kind of assumes that the the purchase is a means to an end. Yep. Whereas I think. And, and I think like creation, consumption and connection are very good ends. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to think I'd spend most of my time doing any of those things. But I think there are also, there's also like what I would call sort of, you know, pleasures of the flesh, which is just sort of, you know, pure hedonistic sensory, you know, satisfaction, pleasure or whatever that you get out of eating a nice meal or going skydiving or driving a fast car or anything like that. Okay. Playing sports, that kind of thing, where it's like more of a, a cor- corporeal. Is that, is that how you pronounce that corporeal 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 yeah essentially like it's a bodily kind of physical pleasure rather than a more sort of mental sort of achievement of some goal okay so sort of like the pleasure you get from opening that kitchen bin yeah it's yeah. a corporeal <laughs> <laughs> raw bodily pleasure <laughs> every time you open it you think that oh that pivot yeah my, yeah yeah my goodness yeah yeah exactly so i think like yeah i think we purchase some things to achieve like i don't i don't want to use the word intellectual but sort of uh, cerebral uh, cerebral sort of uh, aims and some things to sort of achieve corporeal aims. corporeal aims <laughs> two more C's there <laughs> oh, <laughs> I went out seven C's in total no, those are the only two C's at this point yeah <laughs> So I think I think that I think it's worth making that distinction. Cerebral versus corporeal aims, and I suppose I wonder where status sta- status games would fall into this. Yeah. So I sort of thought about this in the in in the car when thinking about the the experience of driving a car, and I think it would be nice to be able to conclude that if something is a corporeal a cor- corporeal experience, it is then more prone to hedonic adaptation. Yeah, I think I can get on board with that. So actually, if you think of this kitchen bin, maybe the first week that you had it, it was whatever. But now it's 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 the new normal. It's not that you really you actively think about it, unless you kind of hack your brain into thinking about it actively, which could, therefore gives you a little bit more pleasure in life by being intentional about the things that you have and the things that spark joy. Clearly, that kitchen bin sparks joy for you. But I would imagine that for most things in our lives, once we've done it a few times, we then it becomes the new normal. We don't quite experience that same level of hedonism that yeah. we once used to. Yeah, is that fair to say? Is that a fair distinction to make between corporeal and cerebral? <laughs> Actually. I, so I was thinking about this kind of stuff. I think I, I mentioned it to you. Um, it may Was it like a year ago? It might even have been like a year ago. No, it was less than a year ago. Maybe like half a year ago or something. I remember we were like shopping in St. Albans with Mimi or something. And I, I told you my theory of the pleasures of the flesh and how I'd learn to, <laughs> learn to appreciate the pleasures of the flesh. Um, oh, I do remember you saying this. And I was saying that Wait, like... so that was about buying stuff? No, that, that was about like actually the pleasures of the flesh being sort of like a guaranteed hit 
kit that doesn't have diminishing returns. So for example, um, you know, playing sport or whatever, you, you can play badminton every single week, play it every single day, it'll still be really fun. Yeah. And maybe that's just because there's enough like inherent variability in each game or mm. something. I don't I, I don't know if Sahib gets bored of like accelerating really fast in his car. I love it when that happens, you know? I, I can't imagine getting bored of that. And and I think like the sort of cerebral goals are and, and like for probably for you know, as long as I've been sort of <laughs> overthinking things, I've really just like just been sort of focusing on the sort of cerebral side of things uh, and not really thought about increasing the amount of corporeal pleasure in my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I came to the conclusion about six months ago that I was missing out on a lot of sort of uh, potential pleasure by sort of ignoring that side of things. Because the, the issue with like the cerebral goals is that it's very, it's a very lumpy payoff, you know? I mean, fine, you can scroll through TikTok and you will sort of do a little, <laughs> like every 10 seconds or something, you can pretty much guarantee <laughs> that, right? <laughs> but like... <laughs> Yeah. You know, with your YouTube stuff and, you know, content creation and like, you know, any kind of creating things or what, what yeah. you know, of any kind, it's more of like a long-term sort of lumpy payoff of like oh. satisfaction. Type one versus type two fun. Yeah. Have, yeah. have, you, have you read that blog post? Uh, I, I think I know. Yeah, I, I've read that. So for the, for those in our audience who don't read this sort of stuff, um, there was a blog post that was, I, I think I tweeted to you or something a few weeks ago Yeah, where some guy was talking. Uh, it was from the perspective of like a long distance cross-country skier. And he was talking about how there's two different kinds of fun. There's type one fun, which is like, you know, pure hedonism, hanging out with your friends, playing sports, you know, the stuff that is enjoyable in the moment. Yeah. And then there's type two fun, which is the stuff that's potentially kind of grueling, not like objectively that enjoyable in the moment. But then once you've done it, once you've accomplished something, you look back and think, oh, that that was a really good time. Like hiking through some dangerous terrain or like yeah, going yeah, cross country yeah. running or whatever. I wonder if this is sort of like that. Yeah, so I think corporeal stuff is almost always like, I mean, you know, sometimes you enjoy the process. I'm sure you don't enjoy editing every single YouTube video you make. I'm sure, you know, yeah, yeah. people who make any kind of thing aren't always enjoying it in the moment. No, absolutely. But I enjoy every squash match I play because it's just... Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure Sahib enjoys every, like, you know, time he accelerates in his car. I'm sure, like, people who do flying, you know, as a hobby enjoy every time they go up in a plane. You know, the, the, the sort of corporeal pleasures are a lot more reliable, you know? But they're also more experiential than what tech products give us. Unless, un unless, for example, I mean, there is a distinct corporeal pleasure in typing on the iPad Pro smart keyboard, uh, which I've talked about in another video, talking about how like, it, it just feels really nice to type on it. Yeah. It's the sort of experience that I'm happy to pay for. Equally, you know, writing in my Leuchtturm 1917 notebook thing. Yeah. It, it's 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 a nice experience. There is something inherently pleasurable yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I can get on. And I'll, I'll happily spend twice as much money on a notebook if I get more of a corporeal pleasure from writing in it rather than, you know, a standard whatever. Yeah. More I know. I don't know. So how does that tie into this grand unified theory of should you, you know, really what I want to do is I want to make a series of videos entitled, is the iPhone 11 worth it? <laughs> is the iPhone 11 Pro worth it? Is the Apple Watch Series 5 worth it? Kind of like Austin Evans, he's yeah. another tech YouTuber, it does. Is the Nintendo Switch worth it in 2019? Um, and I would like to be able to present like a unified theory in each of these videos that is consistent. Like how to evaluate things that you're thinking of buying. Yeah. Yeah. I think the three C's is good for tech stuff. Like it is good for tech stuff as a framework. So sort of like starting from the top, we're saying that we could split it into, let's really understand what value are we getting from this item? Is the value we're getting from this item cerebral or is it corporeal? <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. And then cerebral comes consumption, creation and connection. Yeah. It's fair to say that all these things are cerebral with, you know, tech products. Yeah. Uh, corporeal is, you know, the experience of using the thing, the the bodily pleasure, <laughs> the pleasures of the flesh yeah. kind of idea, which doesn't really apply to tech products unless... 
Unless it does. I mean, like it is, <laughs> it is definitely more pleasurable using my iPhone XS Max than it is using my mom's iPhone 7 Plus. I wonder if that's... It's definitely more pleasurable using an iPad Pro than it is using a budget iPad, even though they both do almost the same thing. And an argument I've made in the past is that if you have, you know, if the expense of of an iPad Pro isn't a game changer for you and you want to encourage yourself to use it a lot, then optimizing for the pleasureness, the the, the value of delight, I like to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Optimizing for the value of delight is actually useful because it encourages you to to use it more. Yeah, I think there is, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think there is like some corporeal pleasure involved and like the reason, you know, I was like really big on sort of uh nokia phones back when they were doing like uh, windows phones and stuff because i just love the build quality i love like the physical design and the build quality i i much prefer the physical design build quality of apple products to you know whatever the alternative is in general um and you know every time i like hold my phone and kind of press the button and feel the sort of tactile feedback and and do all that kind of stuff it's it's just kind of nice okay so this is coming close to getting a unified framework the status signaling the status games doesn't quite fit into this it would be really nice if it fit neatly into all right this. just Add that as a C somehow in your in the cerebral side. On, on the cerebral side, mm. is it really a cerebral experience to play the status, status game as such? I mean, it's got to be because it's all in your head, right? <laughs> like, what else could it possibly be? But I guess it is a very tangible pleasure. The pleasure of the flex is a very tangible pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> pleasure of the flesh and pleasure of the flex. <laughs> Oh mate, this is going to be the new the new model for my YouTube videos. <laughs> nice. Okay, so where, where would you? So I, I I wonder instead if it's sort of is it tangible versus intangible? Is that the separation? So tangible meaning the the, the three C's. No tangible pleasure, as in like as in flesh and flex. Flesh and flex, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure tangible and intangible is because yeah, because flex is also intangible. Tangible only really applies to flesh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. So we've got cere- in Is it fair to say intrinsically valuable for the cerebral stuff? No. No. Not really. Because you could argue that consumption isn't really intrinsically valuable. Yeah. How about means to an end versus end in themselves? Means to an end equals create, yeah. consume, connect, and end in itself equals the bodily pleasure of the, the the pleasure of the flesh from from this tech device. Yeah. And yeah. the pleasure of the flex from the status you gain from the. Yeah. 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 But in a way, the the flex thing is also it's, it's an, is uh, it, is, it is it is sort of a means to an end but look it depends how you define end <laughs> okay how you how do you want to define end in a way i that mean makes you, this you, you, could, you could say that like the pleasure of the flesh is like a means to an end where the end is like, i don't know freaking dopamine crossing your synapse so i i don't know how that actually works but like i'll tell you, you about right dopamine crossing a synapse you you know you you got to draw the line somewhere and saying that the feeling of yeah, the, the feeling of higher sort of social status as a result of just owning an item. I think that the, the feeling, uh, you know, I, I think the, the action of owning the item and the feeling that results from it are sufficiently, you know, causally linked, causal, and like close, you know, <laughs> <Very good. laughs> and, and like immediately kind of connected that it's like, that is the end. Whereas sort of the, for the means to an end kind of things, it's like, it's much further away. Like the end is sort of, uh, I don't know, eventually creating something that you share with the world, okay, blah, blah, let's blah. let's park this for now. And so... Last year, when I was reviewing the iPhone XS Max and kind of subsequent Apple products in that generation of stuff, um, what I said was that there's a three-part method to evaluating whether an, an item is a tech product is worth it. So I said, number one, will it make me any happier? And the answer to that is almost always no, just because we know that things don't make us that much happier. Yeah. Point number two is, does it remove any salient negatives from my life? For example, you know, if I absolutely hate ironing, then buying non-iron shirts will make me happier. Yeah. Whereas, you know, my life currently does not suck because I don't have a Mavic Pro 2 yeah, drone. Sure. Um, so adding the Mavic Pro 2 drone won't necessarily make my life any better 
I'm so, I, I'm not sure if I 100% agree with this, uh, but that was what I presented last year. And number three was, does it allow me to do or make anything that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do or make? Yeah. Uh, so that would be an argument for, you know, buying your first smartphone or your yeah, first laptop yeah, yeah. because it unlocks this new, new realm of human experience. Yep. Yeah. So the third point, does it allow me to do or make anything, comes under the create or consume category. Yeah. So that's sorted. What about this idea? How, to what extent do you agree with, I, th- I think it was, it was Mr. Money Mustache who, who I first came across this on where he said that it is only the removal of negatives that makes us happier, not the addition of positives. For the most part, in the in the first world, where we're all fairly pleasured, uh, fairly privileged, <laughs> and pleasured. Mm. Removal of negatives versus okay. I'm just trying to think about what have been like the step changes that have resulted in me being like happier or whatever. God, there haven't really been any. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's... So, for example, I think getting my first laptop definitely made me happier. Oh yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I suppose I suppose the negative, the removal of negative, there was that I didn't have to then blackmail you to share the same computer. Yeah. As opposed to the addition of a positive. Whereas getting my second, third, fourth, x nth laptop has not made me any happier, really, if I think about it. Getting my first phone has, uh, I don't know, I, w- I wonder if there's an element of zero to one upgrades yeah, being- Yeah, like an incremental change or a step change? Yeah. Know? yeah. So like no camera to camera is a far bigger change than, you know, slightly worse camera to slightly better camera. Yeah. No phone to smartphone, it changes the game. No laptop to laptop changes the game. Yeah. I wonder how that fits into the older. So then is the is the kind of advice that look only after you have exhausted all possible like step changes step, step changes that you can make with yeah seven hundred pounds yeah only then should you should go you and like buy a slightly better phone than the one you already have maybe that's a way of thinking about it like n- you know no ebook reader to Kindle and is, like, yeah. no camera to camera and stuff and like there's probably like ten meaningful categories where like you can go from not having anything in this category to having a thing in this category and that has a decent chance of like materially changing your life, right? Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Okay, so at the moment, going back to our thing, we've got our three Cs, which is create, consume, connect. Uh, and recognizing that this is sort of the things that most tech is based around. We've got pleasures of the flex and pleasures of the flesh, yeah. which of which there is an element. And I suppose being very uh, hands-off about this thing, it's, it's to just advise people to really think about which of these five categories they're really hitting when they're getting a particular purchase, is it actually going to measurably improve their experience of the three C's or are they getting it for flesh, which is fine or flex, which is fine, but as long as they're being intentional about it. Yeah. But then also making the point, as you've just said, that for the most part, upgrading your iPhone is going to be an incremental improvement. It's not going to be a step change. Yeah. Unless you're, it's, un- unless it's physically causing you so much pain that it's, it's painful to use, in which case, fine. Yeah. Upgrade. Even then, you know, you could just go for the iPhone 8, which is still to be very, very reasonable and it wouldn't make anyone less happy than the iPhone 11. Yeah. Apart from the fact that now the iPhone 11 exists and therefore the pleasure of the flex gets reduced. Because mm. <laughs> someone sees you, I suppose if someone sees you have an iPhone 8, that's signaling in itself. Because you're like, oh, <laughs> uh-huh. I don't care about pleasures of the flex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's that. And then there's the idea of you could spend that money on a zero to one chain changes in buying a camera, for example. Yeah. I think the other thing is that you should also probably take measure into account. And yeah, so, I think you should. Like, you know, if Apple release a new MacBook, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the MacBook. Like, I don't even need to think about it. <laughs> really? I mean, they yeah. have released a new MacBook, have they? I mean, they upgrade the MacBook Pros every year. You've got a two year old. Version. Oh no, no, I I don't mean like completely. If there's any kind of actual change, change in like the design of the thing, the screen, blah blah blah. I don't mean like a small change in the specs because that is actually unnoticeable. But 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 like for example, think about previous model MacBook Pro that had the SD card that had the retina display. Yeah. Now it's got a touch bar and no SD card reader. Like a lot of people would say that that is, that is a difference in design. Yeah. Um, I didn't upgrade 
until I quote needed to because I knew that 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 getting a Touch Bar was not going to make any difference to my life. I don't I don't think you would buy a MacBook just because it's a new one. I'm pretty uh, yeah. I guess it remains to be seen. But my philosophy currently is if they release like a new actual lineup, you know, a new not like a not like a spec upgrade, you know, but an actual well, new design, a design I, upgrade. <laughs> I will get it because that makes a massive difference. Like to this day, I've owned this sort of you know MacBook now for I don't know two years, two and bit years maybe about two years, um, and. I still really like taking it out of my bag and opening it up and working on it. Like it's really nice. Okay. So compared so to the like pleasure the pleasure of the flesh. Yeah, sure. Um, but it's like really high measure as well. So it's definitely worth it. Okay. So if they were to come out with a new MacBook design and you recognized that actually your computing needs are not such that it would, it would measurably change the three C's, but it would change pleasure of the flex and pleasure of the flesh. Yeah. And uh, given that it's such a high measure item, because yeah, you use it like 12 hours a day. Yeah. Then it's almost a no brainer to purchase. Yeah, man. So that's a problem with the phone thing, isn't it? Because phone is pretty high measure. Phone is one of the most high measure items in our lives. And so the experience of using an iPhone 10, uh, uh, so iPhone 11 Pro will be just a little bit better than the experience of using the iPhone 11 because the screen is objectively, in inverted commas, just a little bit nicer and the camera gives you one extra camera. The thing is, I think there are some like little bit, a little bit nicer in terms of like quality of the product can act, often translates to no noticeable change in the experience of using it or whatever, right? Like for example, iPhone going from like an LCD screen to like an OLED screen, yeah, that's that's a big enough change that like you will notice it, and so you'll get the sort of high measure benefits of that notice. I don't know if you would though. What? So this was a huge debate that was happening last year with the 10R versus the 10S, uh, and Jonathan Morrison, another tech YouTuber, made a video where he lit, uh, he he. Lit Literally had loads of people, mostly Android fanboys who were anti-Apple, come into it like and get and 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 be blind screen tested to see if they could actually tell the difference between the cheap LCD screen and the expensive OLED screen or whatever Apple calls their displays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one could tell the difference. Hmm. Like if you got rid of the you know you know you hit the outside outside of the phone, you really can't tell the difference between if you, if you put them side by side, then you can maybe be like, oh, the blacks were a little bit black from the OLED, I guess. But these are people these these are people who like were actively looking yeah. to hate on the iPhone iPhone 10R and hate on Apple for oh my god I can't believe they released an LCD in 2018 yeah, sure, sure, sure. and that still wasn't working so okay yeah maybe that's still like maybe LCD versus OLED is still like too incremental to be noticeable so I wonder that if if in terms of measure oh by the way do you, do you just want to summarize measure for the people who haven't listened to episode three <laughs> uh yeah sure so um I think when we're evaluating, uh, you know, an, an action, we kind of, there's sort of two components to it. There's sort of like the magnitude of the value that you get from this thing. So for example, if you go out for a really nice meal, um, you know, you sort of have this sort of burst of pleasure while you're eating this thing. But what, once the meal is done, you're not sort of getting any value from that. So that's quite high magnitude, um, but it's low measure. So measure is the other component of like, for, for over what period of time does this value sort of act on you? Um, and so like really nice meal is high magnitude, low measure, really nice bin that you use, you know, 10 times a day is, you know, low magnitude, but high measure because, you know, it's low magnitude because like, you know, you're never going to be thrilled about using your bin. Um, it, it might be kind of nice, but you use it very often over a very long period of time. Um, and so, yeah, something like a phone or a laptop, which you use many hours a day, every single day is a very high measure item. And so even like a small change in how much value you get out of it adds up to a lot in the long run. With the caveat that hedonic adaptation is a thing, which is the idea that as we um, become more accustomed to stuff, it becomes the new normal for us. And therefore we stop noticing these things just as, as much. Like you no longer notice the quality of the display on your iPhone. Even though if you'd shown your 10 year old self an iPhone display, you'd been like, whoa, I can't believe this sort of technology exists. Yeah, I feel like maybe, look, I'm not even taking the piss here. I love the display on my iPhone. I genuinely get like noticeable, like, oh, this is nice. Same with my like screen. But I, I think I might just be sensitive to displays or something. 
So I wonder then if, so when The Verge reviewed the new iPhone, they said that, look, if you're most people, just get the iPhone 11. If you care about displays, then get the iPhone 11 Pro. And the reviewer said, I personally care about displays, so I'm going to go for the Pro. But, you know, I guess most people won't be in that bucket. And I think that's probably a reasonable way of looking at it. Yeah. Just figuring out what the differences between these things are and whether they are things that you personally care about, you personally would notice. Even then, like... I think there is a lot to be said for advising people to do zero to one jumps categories rather than incremental upgrades. I think that's probably the most, you know, salient and useful thing that we've come up with so far. Mate, I thought the three C's were pretty good. I thought the flex (laughs) flex and flesh thing is great. Like people are going to love that when I present it as my own (laughs) YouTube video. Yeah, I think that's, I I think it's good stuff. Um, Okay. So can you summarize what you feel is kind of a good way of thinking about should should I buy the iPhone 11? Okay, yeah, I think the I think yeah the, the the starting point is to consider like okay I have to I have to invest like how much is an iPhone 11? A thousand pounds? Seven hundred these days. Seven seven hundred pounds. Okay, the first thing to think about is like can I better invest that seven hundred pounds in something else? And good candidates for better investments are, are can very easily are, you know, are, are things that sort of take you from zero to one in some respect. So uh, if you didn't own a camera beforehand, you could. Buy a, ca- a very nice camera for seven hundred pounds, and now you have a camera, and this opens up a whole new realm of human experience. Yada yada. Or you know, you can buy a Kindle, and this sort of means that there's like a ten percent chance you might actually start reading books, etc., uh, etc. Et so. There are plenty of like meaningful categories where you might currently be a zero and you could spend 700 pounds to go to a one. Um, and that will almost always be more valuable than making an incremental change in any ca- existing category. So going from zero to one in anything will almost always be better than going from like, you know, one to 1.1 in like a phone or a laptop or blah, blah, blah. Uh, so first consider that. If you truly think you have exhausted every possible zero to one, you know, jump that you can make with 700 pounds of money, then then start to think about okay these are like categories of things that i own 700 pounds how w- what does that do for me in each of these categories um and uh, the way to think about i guess what what it does for you is is to sort of try and consider the different ways in which you kind of get value out of this thing um and there's sort of you know two categories of ways here which are like the uh the the core the cerebral and the corporeal is that what, what we ended up on Ali? I'm, I'm not sure if we're, we've ended up with that distinction because i don't think flex counts as corporeal but oh, okay yeah so so, okay, so the, the I think the, the three C's are the two F's. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're trying to think about, okay, I'm I, I can't go from zero to one anymore. I need to go from like one to one point one or something hmm. in some category. You want to consider the you know the three C's uh, and the two F's. The, the three C's are uh, creation, consumption, and connection, and these are sort of the things that the technology typically lets you accomplish. Um, and then the two F's are uh, the flesh and the flex, which is like, am I, uh, will this thing give me like bodily pleasure or like social value kind of pleasure uh if i if i sort of buy it um i don't know how you i don't know how you want to like prioritize the c's versus the f's to be honest it's all uh what do you think about that mm, i mean i would argue that when it comes to tech this the c's are really all that quote objectively matters because the pleasures of the of the flesh are very minimal these days in when it comes to upgrading tech like we've not seen an upgrade that has like in 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 recent memory we've not seen an upgrade that has actually noticeably increased the pleasure of the flesh as such yeah maybe although then that the, then measure comes into it and like the ipad pro is definitely a little bit nicer than the ipad and 
oh, all that stuff. Um, I still think it is more important if we are being rational actors in this to think about the three C's. Yeah, okay, yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, whereas flesh is like, okay, and flex is like, well, in an ideal world, we wouldn't really be needing to flex at all, but okay, yeah, let's yeah, accept yeah. that practically speaking, everyone does it to some extent or another. Yeah. Um, and I think actually also, now that, now that you phrase it like that, there is definitely something to be said for the fourth C of convenience. For example, um, let's see, tech-wise... Like phone slow versus uh, a slow phone versus fast phone. I suppose Dashly benefits the other three C's. Yeah, convenience indirectly. is just like overarching o over the others. I mean, like it's it's a different between having a Linux and having a Mac. Like you know, uh, I guess that also helps with the three C's. I think the three C's pretty much cover anything that tech helps to do. Okay, and I suppose if we were to extend that analogy to non-tech things, then comfort might come into it. You know, buying a more comfortable merino wool jumper rather than a standard wool jumper. Yeah, well, that's the pleasure of the flesh, man. Oh, it is, yeah. Okay, fine. Three C's and two F's. I think that I think that pretty much covers uh, anything you could possibly get out of a material object. Okay, and then the idea of measure and the idea of diminishing returns and the idea of hedonic ad adaptation also need to be superimposed onto all of these things. Yeah. <laughs> God. Look, <laughs> <laughs> no, man, save yourselves the uh, the effort. Just buy the iPhone. Just buy the iPhone 11. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I think, I think that's a good place to end on. I think we've made some progress. I think there's some... Yeah, I don't know. Is there any point category... The reason I thought that the zero to one versus... You know, the, the sort of step change versus incremental change piece of this discussion was the most valuable thing is that... The, so, yeah, fine. We can like... You know, there's many ways to skin a cat. We can sort of slice and dice the ways that you get value out of things, you know, till the cows come home. And, you know, we've got the three C's and the two F's. We might end up with like the five D's and the G, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a video <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> there's like lots of ways to do this right and like how does how does like that actually help you you know because I think when it comes to consumerism, a lot of the things that we do are very unsubconscious. And so if we can become more conscious of the ways in which our mind works, oh, okay, yeah. that is a benefit in itself. Yeah. And being more intentional about the way we're living. And I think splitting things up into distinct categories is just, it pro provides a good mental model um, mm. to, to think about this stuff. Otherwise, how, how do you value it? Do I need the new iPhone? You can be like, oh, well, it's got a Snapdragon 825 rather than Snapdragon 820. Like, what the, what, what the hell does that even mean? Like, who cares? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think categories are useful. Yeah, I think that's pretty good so zero to one versus uh you know step changes versus incremental changes and the three c's and the two f's and then you're good and, and sorry yeah measure and diminishing returns <laughs> and, uh, and hedonic adaptation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so overall are you going to buy the new iphone 11 i'm not to be honest with you i didn't i haven't really looked at the specs and stuff but i mean you, your phone does everything you want it to you don't miss anything you don't feel like you're yeah I, I, there's not a significant in enough any. there's not a significant enough design change for me to give in to like my flesh on this one <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know objectively it's not going to change the, the i know the, the features of whatever yeah it's and at, at, the, at this moment in time like no one you know cares about the flex of a new iphone i think the iphone flex is just a bit passe in in my circles well, what does passe mean as an old school yeah it's just not really a flex yeah whereas the flex that in your circles is like oh that's a good designer but or rather th th that's a well-designed bag you've got oh yeah that yeah has no logo visible on it oh yeah rucksack <laughs> rucksack's a hell of a flex <laughs> hell yeah whereas, whereas if you rocked up with like a louis vuitton bag or a gucci bag people would think what oh the hell God. are you doing yeah, yeah that'd be terrible yeah so i was having brunch with a friend the other day um racer and she had was wearing gucci shoes Ooh. and she was flexing the gucci shoes she was like hey have you seen my shoes at gucci and i was like right <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this. <laughs> Why do you want <laughs> Come on. Eventually, what she, what we agreed on was that she was happy to spend the money on the Gucci shoes, A, because she felt she could afford it, which is fair enough, because whatever. 
and B, because she wanted to give the impression that she was an expensive, expensive person. And so it would intimidate off um, F boys who would be intimidated by that sort of thing. So oh, it's a very specific flex designed for a very specific environment where she was getting hit on by the types of men she would want to be intimidated by Gucci shoes. Right. <laughs> okay. And so she bought the Gucci shoes. This is, this, is, this is the way that she phrased it. That's interesting. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but no, it's, it's always interesting kind of having these sorts of discussions with friends where you're like, okay, right. <laughs> Let's sit down and really talk about why you bought those shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are the best discussions. I was, I was, I was having a similar discussion with a colleague at work who was talking about, we were talking about um, why people need to know stuff. And it was Ooh, sort of... It was, sounds like episode one of the podcast, mate. That was why we, we like to be correct. Oh, yeah. But oh, sorry. Like knowledge it, and knowing it, facts uh, and stuff. Okay, so it wasn't... It, it, it was more like, um, you know, uh, this work colleague asked me what I was doing on the weekend. Oh, uh, okay. Why, why, I mean, like, why do you need to know? And I was like, all right. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. Because, because part of that is the, is the conversational aspect of it. And then, and, and then I pointed out to her that... Oh, I, oh she, she, she was also saying that, oh, you know... So, so, Sometimes people just, you know, this girl just posts too much on social media. And, you know, why do I need to know? And I was like, oh, okay, oh my God. here we go. You know, that selfie from the above, from from above that you posted, that you've been posting for the last three days. Does anyone actually need to know that? Yeah. And she was like, oh, crap, you're right. I don't know. Um, I guess, uh, and we didn't really come to any any kind of conclusion other than my main point, which is just don't judge people for this sort of stuff. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you want to unfollow someone, just unfollow them. No one is forcing you to look at this, their content, really. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how we got into this. Uh, the phone flex and then the bag flex and then the Gucci flex and then, yeah, social media flex. So social media flex, I suppose yeah. that kind of went in there and how we like to look down on people who do social media a different way to what we, how we do it. Yeah. The thing is, right, everyone is doing like needless stuff in their own little tribes and every tribe is like looking at the other tribes saying oh haha that person sucks because they're posting every single day on social media whereas yeah. i'm enlightened and i use it sparingly yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> and i also buy really expensive rucksacks to like flex on my friends <laughs> whereas i would be like oh my god that guy's a content creator and they're not posting every day on social media what the hell is wrong with them clearly they haven't or whatever yeah, yeah yeah and your tech bros would look down on someone with louis vuitton bags whereas another tribe would be like oh my god a louis vuitton bag yeah and then another tribe would be like oh god it's so gaudy to have a logo clearly you want the two million pound bag that doesn't have a logo on it anywhere that only the yeah. people know about yeah, yeah, yeah we all play status games in one way or another yeah it's all, it's, it's all arbitrary tribes and norms that we you know just want to be part of and so like i suppose it's not, so i i enjoy hating on the android bros for comparing spec sizes <laughs> <laughs> but i mean I, I don't know if it's fair i think it's just i think someone needs to point out to the android bros that they are playing the status games with one another and with commenters on the internet <laughs> And, that, and if that's really what they want to be doing with their life, then fair enough, you do you. But if it's not what you want to be doing with your life, then maybe think about not comparing the size of your Snapdragon versus, <laughs> <laughs> versus your friend's Snapdragon. That was really good. I, th I think that's a good place to end this. Do you have any insights of the week? Yeah, I actually have something I've been thinking about. Uh, it's sort of linked to sort of ideas around authenticity and stuff, which we talked about before. Um, but essentially... Uh, Basically, over the past month, I've sort of been fundraising for the startup, and that basically uh, it consists of giving pretty much the same spiel to lots of different people, you know, multiple times a day. Um, and so, at this point, yeah, I basically have, like, the spiels memorized, and I could, like, just come out with them and, you know, basically talk at you, you know, for, like, uh, 15, 20 minutes with various spiels about what we're doing. Oh, that's the next week's episode sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And occasionally, I'll be hanging out socially with one of my friends, and they'll 
ask, oh, cool, like, how's the startup thing going? Or like, oh, cool, what are you working on? Or whatever. And like, honestly, the best response is to just give them one of the spiels that I've pretty much memorized and can sort of do blindfolded. But it's somehow, because, you know, that that's like a very nice, neat package to help people understand what we're doing. And that's precisely why it's a spiel. But it feels really weird and inauthentic to like be giving my friend a spiel in person. And it feels similarly inauthentic when like, you know, there's like a topic that we've like discussed on the podcast. And so I have like very cemented mm. opinions and sort of ways of explaining my thoughts on it. Um, and so that's like a, a spiel in a sense where like it's sort of pre-rehearsed, pre-thought out. And if that happens to come up in, in conversation in real life with my friends, you know, it, it makes the most sense just to give them the spiel that we discussed on the podcast. But it feels really inauthentic and bad. I always like apologize for it. I'm like, oh, you know, we we talked about this on the podcast or whatever. Or like, yeah, I, I just feel awful about it, <laughs> about like giving a spiel in like a real interaction. No, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I So the the spiel I give most often is anytime anyone asks me, you know, what are the favorite books you'd recommend for like entrepreneurs and stuff? Like, oh, okay. right. Yeah. So I always have to preface it with like, so I made a video about this and the yeah. three things I talked about are number one, two, number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can't just be into like, okay, well, number one, number two, because any spiel just comes across as, re- as rehearsed. And I don't know if other people think if the people we're talking to think this but I know when I'm giving a spiel that oh god I don't sound like my authentic self I sound like my camera self yeah 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 precisely. and I suppose when you're giving a spiel to a mate you're you're sounding like you're you know in investor shilling for your startup yeah yeah and so I feel that, yeah, I, I always feel the need to preface it, be like, okay, look, I'm sorry, but <laughs> here's what I discussed. Four hour work week, anything you want and show your work best and clear yeah, on really yeah. good books would recommend. And I try and actively stumble over my words <laughs> when, yeah, I, when yeah, I'm yeah. doing it, I'll be like, wait, 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 yeah. as if I'm thinking, even though I could literally recite a list, yeah, list yeah. of recommended reading off the top of my wait, head. <laughs> in, my, in my startup spiels, there yeah. is like intentional word stumbling where I like pretend to think of like a phrase and say, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's kind of like, unbundling unbundling monolithic software yeah I guess yeah you yeah. had to put it that way yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> rather than something you've th- thought about ad nauseum for the last yeah, six months yeah 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 exactly yeah uh, yeah that was my thought I think that I think it's worth like doing an episode on something around that at some point but that's just something that's been on my mind recently okay so I've got it I've got insight as well that I just thought of um and at, at the start we talked about how I just started counting my calories oh yeah um and I've been floating this idea to my friends at work uh who are anti the calorie tracking motive um, uh, oh okay Okay. Yeah, just because they're like, oh, but- oh, it sucks to the joy out yeah, of life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that camp. <laughs> <laughs> that whole spiel. camp of not <laughs> people who don't overthink things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually realized that there's that classic storytelling thing whereby you start with a hook mm. and be like, oh my God, guys, like the best thing ever happened. And then people are like, oh, what happened? And then yeah. you be like, all right, so I'm here and then this is happening. And then you yeah, just kind of yeah, weave, yeah. weave the narrative. And I've just started being like, hey, guys, so I started tracking my calories. Be like, all right, guys. Something amazing happened this week. I've, I've discovered the secret. And then I just wait for it. I just throw that out there and wait. And everyone's like, oh, right, you've discovered the secret. What secret? And then it, it's kind of funny because it's kind of self-deprecating. Like yeah. I'm doing it in a self-aware way. But it gets everyone interested in the conversation. And it sets it up as a, it's acceptable to take the piss out of me on this front. Ah, yeah. Because yeah. then I feel more authentic rather than being like, hey, guys, guess what? I'm tracking my calories this yeah. week. <laughs> now it feels like, guys, I figured it out. It's all about calorie tracking. <laughs> and yeah. then people are like, come on, what the hell are you talking about? And I, I feel it gets people more invested in the conversation yeah so this is something that i'm experimenting with more actively when i'm telling a story just delivering a hook in advance yeah um but i need i'm I'm trying to figure out a way to do it authentically because i can imagine like an american giving like oh my god guys like 
you wouldn't believe this crazy thing that happened. Yeah, they're being dead serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just cannot they, imagine saying that. They've just discovered calorie tracking and everyone needs to know. <laughs> so, yeah, I just got to figure out a way to sound authentic with it, which feels a bit perverse because, you know, yeah. sounding authentic and stuff and thinking about sounding authentic. Anyway, yeah, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening, you guys. Uh, so subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't already. Also, if you have thoughts on what, on uh, this idea of, you know, pleasures of the flex, pleasures of the flesh, the connection, uh, consumption and creation or any other reasons why you think people buy tech. Or if you think can think of any other frameworks for modeling, whether one should modeling, whether one should buy an iPhone or not, uh, please do email us. In fact, if you can email me directly as well uh, at aliyahaliabdal.com or anything like that, then because this is going to make the content of my YouTube videos for the next several weeks after all these Apple announcements. So, yeah, uh, we're about a month behind on emails, um, but we should do yeah catch up this weekend. We we actually have a separate email account now, Ali, which you never check. Oh, so. we have a separate email account. Yeah. You've never told me this. What's the password? Uh, yeah, I'll, we can sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> OK, good stuff. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week.